Hey guys, I'm wearing this because as we all know, if I don't, the aliens will read my thoughts. Become a missionary of joy today by supporting our ministry and we will send you an alien thought blocking hat. That's not true. But what is true is that today we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. Now, I know some, some of you are watching me thinking right now, well, the difference between a conspiracy theory and a fact is just six months nowadays. Because there's so many crazy things going on in the world, it's really easy to fall into conspiracy theories. And what sounded crazy a year ago suddenly looks not so crazy anymore, right? Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world. I'll admit that. But how do you know when you're flipping from normal observation of reality and maybe making some guesses to trying to control everything by figuring out all the systems and the, and the stuff that no one else knows and then trying to over plan for your future. In other words, tripping from observation to paranoia and to taking, well, frankly, the sin of trying to be omniscient and controlling everything and taking the role that God's supposed to have in your life. How are you to know when you're tripping from that into becoming a conspiracy theorist? And more, how do you talk to your friends? who have become full-blown conspiracy theorists. Because I know we all have people in our lives who have become hard to reach, who are obsessing on stuff that, based on loosely pieced together information they're so sure about, that it feels like you're losing them. How do you sit there with them in that and draw them back out? We're gonna talk about all that and more today with Dr. Peter Malinowski. I'm excited to have him back, and I'm excited that you're watching. Thank you, by the way, to our missionaries of joy who make all this work possible. Love you guys. Dr. Peter Milanowski, so good to have you with me again. Ah, it's a pleasure to be back here. Our, our viewers love you, and I can't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. And you know what? My heart goes out to your viewers, too. Thank you for all being here and watching us. It's awesome, man. Okay, so... um. I want to dive into a sticky topic without hopefully uh, losing half of my audience on either side. <laughs> Though I do find the times where I stand most squarely in the middle with the Lord, everybody hates me. That's probably a good sign. <laughs> so go ahead and unfollow if you have to. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories. All right. What is a conspiracy theory? So, you know, what I, I people will vary in how they describe that, right? Uh -huh. But I, I really focus on the words. I want to get down to the actual words. Mm, mm. So one is there's got to be a conspiracy. There actually has to be like some working behind the scenes, people working in this collaborative, cooperative, coordinated way Shadow to government. try to make something happen. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. And then the theory is, you know, sort of the way that the whole issue is dismissed, right? It's just a theory. There's no evidence for it. That okay. kind of thing. So that's, okay. that's the way I see those two things coming together. Okay. Um, yeah, before we dive more into conspiracy theories on the secular level, the psychological needs they meet, how not to fall into that kind of thinking, <laughs> but wouldn't some people be able to uh, dismiss uh, Christianity as a conspiracy theory? Since so much of it comes down to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, which, you know, how, how would you respond to that? So I would say that the whole resurrection was framed as a conspiracy theory by the secular and the religious leaders of the day. That's it, yeah. They, they actually tried to say, look, it didn't happen, right? They bribed the guards, mm. right? They, they put out a false narrative, yeah. right? To try to damp down uh, Jesus's followers, the early Christians. So there's an example of something that was presented as a conspiracy theory, which in fact happened. And thank God for the, for the martyrdoms of the apostles. Right. Right, because, because who's going to die for a conspiracy theory over 20 centuries? Right. Or, or I mean, people, people will die for belief systems uh, that they have. Right. But if, if you're an eyewitness 
testimony and you're dying to uphold the night witness testimony, <laughs> radically different, right? It's radically um, different. But, but the Lord was good to us to give us that because he, he right. knew that it, it would be it would be irrational for us to believe all this if they hadn't gone that far. Right. And there's going to be enough light to see and enough darkness to hide. Yeah. You know, so so again, our faith is always on that razor's edge, right? We There's going to be enough evidence to, to support it, mm. but there's also going to be enough... Um, kind of darkness around that. We're not going to be perfectly seen. We see as through a glass darkly, mm, as St. Paul mm. says, for us to be able to deny it. But no, if they hadn't died, and, and like if there's some, I look at some religions, I'm not going to pick at different religions, right? But I look at some foundings of, of, of faiths or sects that are based on wild spiritual claims of someone right. who, who didn't go as far as the apostles or where there's no miracles backing up right. what, what they were claiming. And I think... Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's more of giving into this, the mindset of a conspiracy a theorist that there's a lot of missing pieces and you're tying them together right? because of, I love the word confirmation bias, right? <laughs> um, the, 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 the hilarious joke I heard once about confirmation bias, that a guy, a guy was sitting in front of his therapist and the therapist was trying to convince this guy that he's not dead. And the guy's convinced, I'm dead. And the therapist said, do dead people bleed? No. So he pricks him with a pin and he bleeds and the guy goes, well, what do you know? I guess dead people do believe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, describe what is confirmation bias? How does it lend to uh, irrational conspiracy theories? Why do we need it? Why do we find comfort in it? Roll with that. There's comfort in the, familiar, in the familiarity of the things we think we know. Mm. There's comfort in the, familiar, in the familiarity of the things we think we know. And so confirmation bias is the opposite of sort of this open-minded inquiry. Mm. An open-minded inquiry means we don't know, so let's go and see, right? Uh, confirmation bias is to have the the bias, that's the bias part of it, the, the inclination to overweight evidence that supports what I already believe and to dismiss or diminish evidence that supports some other Thank kind God of Thank God for the lobs. To, to add too much weight to evidence that is weak and to dismiss evidence that doesn't fit what I'm already believing. That's right. That's right. Um, and I've seen this. I, I, this, this is going to get me some I, some of my dear friends who don't believe Francis is Pope. Yes. Right? Yes. I, I, and and there's, they, they're just convinced. They've, they've pieced things together. But you hear the case, and it's like that, it's, it's, it's a weak case. And even if it wasn't a weak case, it would probably be the next Pope's job to point that out and not mine as a guy in social media as a Catholic. But, but I can see like there's, there's gaps in the theory and you're asserting something very grave to assert it with those gaps. Um, but what, so why would someone want to do that? Why where's, do you do that? Where's the upside? If people are drawn to that kind of thing. I can feel myself drawn to different theories like because what's, what's the, is it distraction? Is it fun? Like, what is it? If you want to understand individuals' behavior, I'm going to recommend that we look at six attachment needs. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I want to show your I'm audience. A, I'm a therapist, not a mathematician. You know, like, <laughs> and six and six integrity needs. I have these six attachment needs and six integrity needs, mm. and those needs are what I think drive almost all of our behavior. Okay. Almost all of our behavior is driven by those six attachment needs and those six integrity needs. So just to run through them real quick, right? So in the attachment needs, we need to feel safe. And, it, and we need to just not have safe, 
safety, but to feel safe and protected. We need to have a sense of being seen, heard, known, and understood. We need to have a sense of being calm, comforted, reassured. We need to have a sense that um, that um, others have our highest good mm. in, in you know in our mind in in, in their minds, right? Um, and we have this need to belong, right? So there's these these different needs okay. on the attachment level. And then on, we have these integrity needs. We have this need to exist, to survive. Mm. We have we have need to be um, to be. Um, uh, so now I'm sort of even slipping on some of these, but um, but we have the need to to exercise autonomy. We have the need again to um, to have the sense that um, that we matter in the world, mm. right? So when I think about the uh, the conspiracy theories. I think about what needs. What are these deep needs? Which ones of these deep needs are being do, met? Are being met or attempting to be met? Because they won't be met, but are attempting to be met. And well, so there's a sense that I matter, that I'm part of this grand story, uh, which frankly the gospel of Jesus Christ is supposed to fill for us. That's right. But right. we don't focus on those basics in our faith. We, we end up having to spin off into different things. I'm, I'm part of another adventure. Right, right. So, so this need to matter, right? This need, and some of it is an, a felt need uh, for protection, right? That if I can figure these things out, then mm. I am better equipped to be able to save myself mm. in the Great Reset, you know, for example, or in the in when when the apocalypse comes, or you know, or you know, when there's just socioeconomic collapse and those sorts of things. So, I think. I think people have the sense that if they're if they're researching these things, if they're going down the rabbit holes on the internet, yeah. that they're doing something constructive, just by that, knowing, by by knowing, and by you know, and by um, uh, maybe doing some kinds of preparations for things, you know, so that it's sort of they can say to themselves, "I did what I could." I want to tap into a, a a need that's even scarier. Why do people need to identify an enemy? How does that meet? those other needs that you just brought up. And I read this horrible stat recently that 80% of people who consider themselves conservatives said they hate liberals and 80% of people who consider themselves liberals hate conservatives. So it seems like, um, you know, I'm not paranoid if everyone's actually against me, right? But, <laughs> but it seems like people are, are living a narrative where, where they'll look at the other as if all of society is actually against me. This is a, a war that I'm in. And in, in some ways, there's 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 some reality behind behind those culture wars, but it, it's on crack right now. I mean, it's just right. It's like everybody's giving the to this levels, insanity. Levels, it's, it's of, levels of polarization are really really high right now in the world. Yeah. And so, how does that? What, what need is that meeting? That that people want to find and identify an enemy, even if it's imagined. Yeah. Well, so we tend to hate in others the very things that we hate in ourselves but that we won't admit. And so others provide the useful function of focusing our self-hatred in a way that we don't have to own it. Wow. So like that we don't have to own that we actually hate ourselves. You know, so um so I think so much of what's going on here is an external sort of representation of what's going on in our own hearts. And James mm. talks about this. St. James talks about this, right? Are not your conflicts and, and so forth, uh, your, your, your strivings and contentions, really just a reflection of what's going on in your own heart? Dang. Wow. Right? No, that's, 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 that's the yeah, function. Yeah, that was, that's, that's I think cool. That's James, I think that's James 4. James, uh, wow. So, so, you know, when you look at 
projection, externalization, when you look at condemnation focused outward, right? Mm. I'm gonna, as a psychologist, I'm gonna make the assumption that whatever that person's condemning outside is what they fear and loathe and hate within their own heart. Wow, wow. I wonder if it makes people feel safe too. I'm just thinking if, if the world feels so out of control right now, right? I mean, some, we just lived through an era where what? I go to the grocery store and there's no meat? <laughs> like that, 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 right, it's so simple, but it just turned the world upside down for people. And, and I remember the eerie feeling of like, whoa, all these things like food that you just presume is going to be there. The supply chain's got eh, 70, 72 hours or so and then it's empty. That's right. You know, that's scary. In a world that's scary, it, it, and when we're looking at death more readily, it's right there. It, it, it's just there's something comforting about saying, no, no my enemy's not this amorphous mortality that I have to deal with. My enemy's right there. Right? And it's almost a control thing behind the, the location of the enemy too. Yeah, if you can identify the enemy, yeah. um, then, then yeah, then you, can, then you can focus your attention. And mm. there's a huge distraction outside. Mm. People that get involved heavily with conspiracy theories do not look within very much. They're not psychologically minded. They don't, um, they don't tend to have sophisticated or nuanced understandings of their own emotions, their mm. own thoughts. They usually don't. Uh, they don't think much about the concept of the unconscious, and so and so then they just uh, go through life feeling unsafe and therefore need an enemy. Yeah, or yeah. need a story because they feel meaningless. They can also give them. See, here's the thing: to hate somebody and to really invest the the aggression behind the hatred can give you a sense of power. Hmm. And if you are somebody that's feeling dispossessed, hmm. you know that feels like you don't have a voice, you know that you're that you don't matter. Uh, to, to, to be able to uh, connect with that at least sense of power, the per- perceived sense of power, that can be really, um, that can be really attractive. Mm. Even though it's destructive in terms of you know, your own heart first. All right, so there's going to be some people watching us, though, who think, yeah, but Chris, a lot of these conspiracy theories, they're, they're, there's, there's truth behind them, right? They, there's a joke I heard recently that the difference between a conspiracy theory and, and a fact is about six months nowadays, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Where it, some of the things that conspiracy theorists were touting are, are, are proving to be true. Uh, where there's, there's two states, I think Missouri and Louisiana now suing the federal government for controlling the flow of information on social media. Whereas a year ago, people saying, hey, it feels like Everyone's controlling what I'm allowed to say. No, no, you're a conspiracy theorist, right? Right, right. Um, How do we balance, and and also considering how people are getting more polarized, there are going to be people who have malice against you who will act in a way that's controlling or they'll they'll actively be against you. How do we know within ourselves when we're slipping from, okay, well, that's that's part of reality, to... Right, right. I don't right. even know how to say it, so I can just right, act it, right? right. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to the podcast only, I just looked really afraid. <laughs> so, how, do, how do I keep that balance of, of objectively looking at these truths without So you want me to give you the high bar or yeah. the low bar? Give me the high bar. Give you the high bar. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I don't want to be crazy, right? right <laughs> really, right, I, I just right, don't. I want to be right, happy and right. Like, yeah. So without putting my head in the sand. Exactly. So. I will, um, I will pose you a question that my wife poses me. Uh-oh. She'll ask me this question. <laughs> She'll ask me this question if I'm looking out, outside. She says, mm. what does it matter? Mm. What does it matter? I love that question. 
So what does it matter? How she will ask me this question: How will you change your life if Pope Francis is not the Pope? Not that I had that question. No, no, for sure, yeah. But like, what, 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 what would you do differently <laughs> if that were true versus not true? You know, um, or if, um, you know, or if, uh, just insert, you know, the the conspiracy theory of the day is right, true right. or not true. You know, what, what, what about your, pr- she'll ask me this, what about your prayer? Yeah. What about, you know, the, the, the works of service? What about, you know, tolerating being loved by God? Mm. What about like, you know, you making time for the kids, you know, instead of, you know, mm. going down a rabbit hole on the internet, what's being lost? Wow. If you're doing these things, what's the cost? Yeah. You know, because we are servants of our time, right? We're stewards of our time. So sometimes people say, well, there's no harm in doing this. And, but some of it is like, we're going to be accountable for how we used our time. Oh, time's right? precious. Time's precious. We can't make the, any more the, of it. I love the so, saying, the more uh, time you spend outside your sphere of influence, the less power you have inside your sphere of influence. Right? But that's the low bar. I give you the low yeah. bar. Okay. I, I, you wanted the high bar. Okay, let's do it. Bar. Let's do it. So the high bar is when, so it goes back to this question of how are you going to feel safe? How are you going to feel protected? Mm. How are you going to feel loved? And some people look at that as saying, well, I have to make sure that my external environment is safe. Mm. I'm safe if I've got ammo and guns and I know how to use them. I'm safe if, I, um, if I've got MREs and I've got a bug out bag and, you know, and, and, and so forth. And now, I, I do have some, some like food supplies. And, and in back, but if I feel safety in that, there that's I'm crossing where your safety the line is, to an it's, idol. It's misguided. And I got into some of that too. I yeah. got into some of that back, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, or more actually now. So, but the question is, okay, if that that's where your safety is going to be, there's never going to be enough of it. Mm. You're never going to be able to adjust your environment enough. You're never going to be able to know enough. You're never going to be able to prepare enough. You're never going to be able to anticipate enough to keep your safe, keep yourself mm. safe. Mm. The goalposts are always going to move. You're going to be like a hamster on the wheel. No matter how far fast you run, you won't make any progress towards wow. being safe. So, if your safety comes from knowing that you are a beloved, that you, Chris, if your safety comes from knowing that you are a beloved little son of God. How beautiful. Right? If That you are under his wing, that you are the apple mm. of his eye, that nothing can happen without him permitting it. And even if he permits some things that are harmful or hurtful to happen, he's only going to do it because he's drawing greater good from it. Oh, I love it. <clears throat> yeah. Then you become unstoppable. Then you are untouchable. Oh, Nothing can profound. reach you. Nothing can come between you and the love of God. Mm. It's, it's the, the fundamental worldview. Is it one of fear or is it one of I'm a beloved child of God and this crazy thing is happening in my world and so what? Because that crazy thing is not the entire world for me. St. Maximilian Kolbe was in tremendously bad Oh, environmental yeah. circumstances in Auschwitz. All right? the conspiracies were true. All the conspiracies <laughs> yeah. were true, you know, and he wrote his mother and said, things are good. Wow. Cause wow. he believes Romans wow. eight twenty eight. all things work together for good for those <laughs> who love the Lord. But that's the writer, right? Those yeah. who love the Lord, they mm. don't all work together for good if you're not loving the Lord. And so the question is, do I believe that I'm going to provide my own security? Mm. 
Or do I believe that my wife or my government is going to provide mm. the security or that my militia is going to provide the security? Right. Or do I believe right. that God's going to provide the, 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 uh, the, the, the security? Wow. And again, this goes back to tolerating being loved. This goes back to allowing God to show you how much he loves you. Because if you have that, yeah. then you'd be willing to go into, into whatever conditions Praise he, the Lord. He, he's, he's, he's inviting you and to like it. Like like Saint Maximilian Kolbe did, mm. and this this is really important. It's not just splitting hairs. Listen, if you're storing up your stuff in your garage for that time when there's the next lockdown and we're running out of meat, fine, store the stuff in your garage. If you find your emotional safety and security in your preparation, you're making an idol of it. You're living out of a fearful worldview. You're slipping from from faith to fear, which is a different way to approach and see life. Uh, I, I love and you're making that, yourself God because yeah. what is that? To, the reach to know everything, to figure everything out, is the reach for omniscience. Mm. It's a reach for omniscience. And there's only one who's omniscient. And, the, and, the, and to prepare for everything and to be able to control everything, that's a reach for, for omnipotence. And that's there's the only one that's, a, that's omnipotent. Oh, that's the original temptation. It's the original temptation. You will be gods. You will be gods. And, but it's more low. We don't recognize it, though, because, you know, we're not, uh, we're not inviting people to burn incense to us and dance around yeah. us and, you know, and so forth. But, but you're, be, and, and it's, so it's localized, right? I just want to be a God in this little area of, you know, really understanding what's going on with the financial system and right. when, you know, interest rates are going to explode or whatever. And this is, I mean, more, more than ever in history, the temptation to, to become omniscient, <laughs> right? With our phones in our faces. If I go down enough rabbit holes and understand everything going on in the world, then I'm, then I'm safe, not because I have a loving father, I'm safe because I am him. I, and, and, and then you sense your own weakness and smallness and naturally you should be afraid if you're god <laughs> everyone should be afraid if i'm god wow we don't do a good job of being our own gods yeah we don't oh do a good man job I, I was i was thinking of the scripture um when you were talking to i just want to read this real quick because it, it's it's just mind-blowingly beautiful this is uh romans where's romans eight? oh romans 8 and gosh, when you, I, love, I love your wife's line. So what? <laughs> you know, for the, for the first Christians, I feel like the emperor is against me and my neighbors are watching me and they'll feed me to lions. I just feel that. Oh, you're correct. So what? I mean, and, right when you want the love of God, right? Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? Gosh, I mean, I, I've seen people I love literally retreat from the world. They don't want to fly in certain months. They don't want to uh, put any, anything in the bank. They don't want to, they, you know, like everything mm -hmm. is in, everything is becoming gold or silver. There's a, a lack of interaction with people. They're listening and the, they're listening. They just want to retreat. Well, if all of it's true, so what? Be, be like St. Paul, have faith for crying out loud. St. Paul's in prison, you know, he's gonna get his head chopped off. In all these things, we're more than conquerors because of him who loved us. Let, let's, even if it's all true, let's approach it with faith. How do you pull someone out who's disappearing into that place of fear? Who's not just, and, and again, I want to give credence to uh, people who recognize problems and are okay talking about them and saying, uh, yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's all sorts of, there might be some credence to have the conspiracies, fine. Or maybe they're stockpiling some food, fine, whatever. But you see them slipping into fear land. Right. Right. And, and, and this animosity toward half the human race that voted differently from them. Not, not disagreeing, but animosity and you are the enemy um, and, and are retreating from all things. How do you reach in and grab them out? Because there's, there's a, you know, I, I, I talked to someone once who was part of a cult 
every rational thing I brought up to the guy, the response was, my pastor told me you'd say that. Right. Like, your pastor told you I'd say that because he knows that what he's teaching you is stupid, <laughs> and he knows this is the answer. You know, but there's, there's all these uh, did that reinforcing. Work? Did you, did you telling him yeah, that I did. I didn't do a dang thing. <laughs> three words. Three yeah. words. Be the son. Be the son. And let me explain it. Yeah, okay? please. And so I'm going to yeah. invoke Aesop here. And Aesop yeah. has this fable about the wind and the sun. They had a bet. A man was walking along the road. He was wearing a cloak. And the wind and the sun had a bet about who could make the man take his cloak off. And so the, the wind went first. And he blew and he blew and he blew. And the more he blew, the tighter the man held the cloak mm. around him. Right? So the wind blew himself out. It was so basically sunstone. how I talked to that guy who was Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's an example. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And, then, and then it was the sun's turn. And all the sun did was shine on the man. <laughs> In this, and as he got warm, the man voluntarily took his cloak off. You can't pull people out of conspiracy theories and you can't pull them out of cults. Mm. What you, and even if you physically remove them, yeah. you know, it's still going to stay inside mm. of them unless they are willing to voluntarily give it up. So we don't have the power. That's an illusion that we have the mm. power to like change someone's mind. They're sovereign over their will. Their, their intellect is theirs. And how they use them, that's going to be you know, between them and God. Mm. But what we can do is create conditions under which they're more likely to be open to the things that are going to really meet their deep unmet needs. Mm. The need for safety. The need the for need safety. For, the need for to be yeah. to be noticed to be so, to matter. So, so here's a, here's an idea. Like if you've got a family member like that, get curious. All right, get curious. Say, okay, so how will, you know, kind of knowing this, or how will preparing in this way? How is it going to help you? Hmm. All right, you know, especially if the answer is hiding. Yeah, how is hiding going to help you? Live? You know, because I part of the you know part of the thing. So so we bought our farm. In, yeah. 2000, uh, in 2005. It was before the, the sort of collapse in 2007, 2008, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I got a little bit into this prepping stuff back in the day, you know, yeah, I'll admit yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but, but I also realized, hey, you know, um, I'm in a metropolitan area. I'm like, you can see my farm from I-465. Everybody's going to show up. Like it's not going to be it, <laughs> yeah, right? Totally. You know, this is. I can't find my security here. I can't find no, my security no. in food self sufficiency. Yeah, and we kind of, we kind of, and we kind of, we kind of. At times, at some points, we like we raise all of our own meat. Pretty much all of our own meat we yeah. raise. Yeah. A lot of our vegetables and fruits. But this whole idea that we could be self sufficient or that it was a good idea, it was a terrible idea to make an attempt at it. Because it was driven by fear that was rooted in a lack of trust of God. Hmm. And, you know, and, and again, Pam, my wife will say, so, so what if we die? Yeah, I love that. Like, <laughs> okay, so how do you respond? If you're, if you're one of my friends, I was telling him, I'm going to talk to you about conspiracy theories. He's like, well, I have the opposite problem, you know, where, where I, I, I try to call certain things out and everybody instantly, even if it's true, gaslights me and says, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. Watch this way. Mm -hmm. Well, just like they did with the first Christians, <laughs> right? How do you respond to that on so, the flip side? So help me understand, like, help me understand, because I'm not sure I'm following exactly. Let, let yeah. Frame it again, because I... I'm, uh, I so, the, the, the phrase conspiracy theory has become kind of popular. Oh, I see. To, to use the point where it can like, be used well, against people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, who are, are, are valid, have a valid concern or are calling something out that they see, like, hey, the government's doing this, or hey, the church is doing this, or that, you know... Um, and it's just dismissed out of hand. So here's, so I'm going to invoke uh, a little known 20th century Catholic philosopher. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was more known as for being an actor, um, but but he had some real <laughs> philosophical insights. His name was Telly Savalas. Oh yeah, Coach, Kojak. <laughs> and he would he would ask this question: Who loves you, babe? Who loves you, babe? If the person that you're dealing with believes you really love them, mm. and if they believe that in that love they can trust you, then they are much more likely to believe what you believe. Mm. I mean, that's all part of this sort of evangelistic outreach, right? right I mean, yeah. it's, it's all driven by, by love. It's not because your reasoning yeah. is going to, that'll bring a few people that are sure, really, sure. Yeah. you know, kind of invested in, in figuring things out in, in, in the intellectual life. But most of it's going to be, who loves you, babe? So the, the way that you, that you draw mm. people into the truth and into the light and into the goodness is to love them. Mm. And, and I don't worry about all the details. And I sometimes they'll figure... gaslight you and call it conspiracy theories. But yeah. again, so what? So what? <laughs> yeah. I love how you, yeah, there's another level of so what, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, because then you're, then you're just kind of engaging with them in their dance. And they've already had so many people mm. that have done that, and it hasn't, it hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't worked. So can you be the one who's different? Even if you don't have wow. a, a long, like mm. long-standing relationship with them or a close relationship with them, you can still give them a little bump, a little nudge of something that would be good for them, even if you know you're not particularly close. Brother, this has been more fun than I thought it would be <laughs> to dive into something that that might have again half the people who subscribe unsubscribe. But I love you too much to just be about you subscribing. All right. But by the way, subscribe and have your friends subscribe. Uh, really, I'm I'm willing I'm willing to upset you a little bit because I want your freedom. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Right. That's it. I, I love you, man. It was great talking oh, to you again. What a joy. Please. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm still kind of convinced that I need to wear this to protect myself from aliens, even after watching that interview. <laughs> Sorry. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, leave notes in the comments. If you didn't like what I said, leave notes too. I love you anyway. I will read all the notes. I don't respond to all of them, but but I, I love hearing what you guys have to say. And thanks to our missionaries of joy again who make all this great work possible. God bless you guys. See you next time.